Good evening. I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. In 1818, as the nation was settling back into the normal rhythms of life following the War of 1812, tension arose between Maryland and its neighbor to the north. Pennsylvania had set in motion the machinery to abolish slavery in 1780. Subsequently, fugitives from the south, many from Maryland, were making their way to freedom in the Keystone State. That angered the Maryland legislature, which demanded that Pennsylvania do something about it. At just that moment in history, a group of Methodists held a camp meeting outside Hagerstown. Some 3,000 people came from miles around to hear the preaching. Most were whites who sat up front near the speakers. In the rear gathered about 400 slaves. For some reason or other, the featured speaker failed to appear, and the man who had organized the meeting, a Pennsylvania Methodist minister named Jacob Gruber, stepped up to take his place. Gruber began by going over the nation's sins, infidelity, drunkenness, profanity, then launched into an attack on hypocrisy. We Pennsylvanians think it strange, he said, to read the newspapers and find for sale a plantation, a house and lot, horses, cows, sheep and hogs, also a number of Negroes, men, women and children, some very valuable, also a pew and such and such a church. This nation holds the Declaration of Independence in one hand, he added, and a bloody whip in the other. An angry murmur swept through the crowd, and for weeks Hagerstown was in an uproar. At its next meeting, the Hagerstown Grand Jury indicted Gruber for attempting to incite a slave revolt. A local lawyer took the case, and needing help with Gruber's defense, called upon a bright young friend of his from Frederick, one Roger B. Tawney. Tawney, who was a member of a local society to protect free blacks and also in the process of freeing his own slaves, got the trial moved to Frederick, a place only slightly more tolerant of abolitionists than Hagerstown. At the trial, Tawney began his defense with a lawyerly argument on behalf of free speech. Under Maryland law, he reminded everyone, no man could be punished for preaching the articles of his religion unless they were immoral or calculated to disturb the peace. Gruber was merely preaching the Methodist doctrine of peaceful abolition. If slaveholders didn't want their slaves to hear that sort of thing, they shouldn't have brought them along. As he warmed up, Tawney got more direct. Any man has a right to publish his opinions on slavery whenever he pleases, he said. Slavery was a subject of national concern and may at all times be freely discussed. Yes, Mr. Gruber did quote from the Declaration of Independence. He did rebuke those masters who are deaf to the calls of humanity. He did condemn those reptiles who live by trading in human flesh and enrich themselves by tearing the husband from the wife, the infant from the mother. But that was all he did, and it wasn't a crime. Tawney didn't stop there. Slavery, he said, was an evil imposed upon us by another nation. It couldn't be easily or suddenly removed. And while it remained, it was a blot on our national character. Every friend of humanity should seek to lighten the galling chain of slavery, he concluded, until the time came when Americans could look upon the Declaration without blushing. One can only wonder what the atmosphere was like in that Frederick courtroom, because the jury deliberated briefly, then returned a verdict of not guilty. Thirty-nine years later, in the 1857 Supreme Court case of Dred Scott v. Sanford, Chief Justice Roger Brooke Taney would say something entirely different, that a Negro has no rights which a white man is bound to respect. He was referring to what the Constitution and its framers had established in 1789, not his own personal beliefs. But that phrase, taken out of context and widely publicized by Horace Greeley in the New York Tribune, would haunt Tawney for the rest of his life. Whatever he thought, whatever he had done, he would always be remembered for it. 
Unlike Jacob Gruber, whom he had successfully defended on that long-ago day in Frederick, Roger Brooke Tawney was judged guilty.